serve it up to the whiskey run dry you take your sugar and take your sweets leave your blind and welcome everybody to the lunacy podcast my name is tony i'm here with dave and david dave stevens david sterling i am tony pervenanzi it is monday the day after the loons played puebla at uh, Allianz Field in the first uh, game of the League's Cup. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, we, Dave and I had an interesting Saturday uh, that we should get to right off the bat. Oh, uh, yeah. by, the, by the way, Dave has a hard out. He's got to leave. He's not actually in the state of Minnesota. He's in Colorado. Um, he is on work detail this week. Yeah. Um, so he's got a hard out at 8, so we'll try to get through this in an hour or less. Uh, but Dave and I went to the uh, Sherburn County Fair on Saturday. Um, my my sister-in-law was up there with her kid. Dave and I thought we'd stop by. Um, other than the fact that I warned Dave of the um, different political views there are up in my area, which were on full display uh, at this county fair, uh, we got trapped by a by a hail and uh, well, well severe thunderstorm. Actually, mm-hmm. um, we. Uh, Got to the beer uh, building. I'd say it wasn't a beer tent. It's beer building. Uh, we were there for like 10 minutes and they came on and said, hey, attention, we're shutting down all the big rides because of lightning in the area. 10 minutes later, it was, hey, we're shutting down all the rides because lightning in the area. And 10 minutes later it was, hey, everybody get to safety because there's a thunderstorm coming in. <laughs> and uh, we got pelted by hail and rain for a good 10 minutes. And uh, yeah, it was a fun time. Really, It's amazing. Yeah, I was just gonna say it's amazing how fast it came in. It went from just pretty much a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. Um, even when we heard there was lightning in the area, we still were looking at our apps and yeah. the weather, and we're like, "Oh, it's gonna miss us! It's gonna miss us!" And yep. then yep. next thing you know, it just blew in there. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. it just seemed to escalate and escalate, and then didn't stop raining. What do you call it, Tony? When it just keeps recycling, basically, training, training, training. Yeah. So yeah. it. Yeah, but it was severe there, surprisingly mm-hmm. severe. But uh, yeah, we made it through. Unfortunately, didn't get to uh, do any uh, carnival games. But uh, you know, no. first time, my first time up there, so at least I get to check that off the list for now. So, and uh, so now you'll know next time to uh, watch for the uh, political shit of people, uh, and uh, yeah, and watch out for thunderstorms. It was uh, interesting. It was an interesting Saturday to say the least. Speaking of I was telling. Yeah, that- the t-shirts that they had for sale for sale were pretty interesting too. And the t-shirts they had for sale were very uh not uh politically correct. Let's just say that. It was pretty uh pretty bad. So um yeah, it was a good good time. We got uh, to have a lot of beers there while we waited out the storm, which was fine. And uh yeah, we made it. So we we did see the tarot readers uh uh little tent outside of the beer thing go flopping over, which was, you know, Obviously, winds were pretty hard. So, and, and you uh, would think yeah. that they would have pre- been able to predict that. Yeah, I know exactly. Well, right, David. They should have been able to predict that. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But no, they could. So, David, did you run any thunderstorms where you were at? Did you get pelted by hail? Um, no hail. It's well, it's pretty hard to get hail down here. Atmosphere is too too warm. Yeah. Um. Did I have any thunderstorms though? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, I think it was Friday night. We had so much lightning that I had to turn off my lightning strike app. Because it was just outrageous. We had, I think it ended up being like 650 strikes within three miles of our house. No kidding. It was just outrageous. Now that's not terribly weird for this area, but, um, like the entire metro area had something like four thousand lightning strikes. Yeah, great, great, man. Yeah, it's nuts. But, um, that's the only excitement I had this weekend. Yeah, it was that was our exciting time for the weekend. Uh, next weekend is it's very exciting next weekend because next Sunday we'll be going to the horse track to watch the corgi races at Canterbury mm-hmm. Park. So it's a whole. My family's going. Dave's going to come along. Uh, watch some corgi races and uh, hopefully win some money on the horses. But uh, yeah, Um, guys, before we start talking about beers, I wanted to say, have you ever had a Monday 
well, David, it's probably not for you anymore because you're not in the office anymore. But have you ever had a Monday where you come into work and I get to work at 630 and you just know it's going to be a shitty fucking day like right away? Do you ever have one of those days where, you know, things just aren't going your way? Short answer, um, yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, I have a very short commute, but yes, I've had those days. Yeah. Well, my day, I got to work today, 630, go to turn my computer on. And of course, it's, you know, we're all, it's pretty much internet based now, right? So our program we use is internet based. Everything's internet based. Well, our internet was fucked up today. And so I'm there at 630. Well, nobody's really there at 630. So what can I fucking do, right? I can't get on the internet. I got my laptop with me, but I can't use the internet at work for the laptop because it's all connected, right? You know, the only thing I can do is hook up my phone to it and use my my cellular data, but that's still slow. So our IT guy comes in and he's dealing with shit. It got to like 930, guys, 930. And we still didn't have internet back. And now today was a very busy day for me because Monday and tomorrow's a big deadline day for all of my pay apps that have to go out for my construction contracts. So I'm trying to get shit done today. And that didn't happen. So at 9.30, guess what I did? I went home because at least I have nice. internet here that I can use to do my work. But still, it, it's it's one of those days, you know, it's one of those Mondays where you wake up and you get to work and you're just like, fuck. You know, it's just, it ruins your whole freaking day. Yeah. So yeah. It seems to happen more often on Mondays for some reason. But yeah, if you get, if you get your Monday off to a bad start, then it feels like it's kind of all downhill from there mm. most of the time. Well, it... It's a big deal. I don't think people, I mean, I think a lot of people realize that having internet is a big deal at work now because mm. everything's internet based. So if you don't have yeah. any internet, you're fucked, right? Yep. And so, you know, it, it's just, yeah, it sets you, it sets you in a bad mood for all day. So might be a little ornery today, guys. Sorry. Sorry <laughs> to tell you. But, uh, but of course, we are drinking tonight. So at least I have that to look forward to. Um, I, I'll go first because I'm just drinking a, a beer that I've had on this podcast before. Uh, Dave, you were around. We picked it up last time. It is the Howenstein beer from uh, down in New Ulm. It's a uh, it's an ale. It's uh, delicious. It's uh, the beer with a little character. So that's about all I got to say about it. It's a good beer. If you ever see it at your liquor stores, pick up a four pack. You know, because they have them four packs. They're usually like six or seven bucks. Try it out. The local little brewery down in New Ulm can't beat it. There you go. Mm. Uh, David, what do you got from the land of Florida tonight? I have a new brewery, Late Start Brewing in Tampa. They actually don't even exist yet, not technically. Um, so they're a very new brewery. Um, and I have the Sunset Junkie India Pale Ale, it's a hazy New England IPA with citra comet and idaho seven ops <clears throat> it comes in at a pretty nice 6.5 percent nothing too extreme um i don't know the ibus i don't think they're very high um it's a pretty smooth smooth beer not a lot of um over the top hop character to it uh very citrusy you know, I think um, I get a lot of like uh, probably grapefruit, um, some type of orange, or maybe it's even a tangerine, something like that. So it's uh it's it's very citrusy. Um, like I said, it's it's pretty smooth. There's not a lot of uh, any bitterness to it. Is there's no sharp hoppiness to it. I can't say um can't say that it's a bad beer. It's 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 not fantastic. Um, you know, you have too many New England IPAs and they start kind of all tasting the same. Um and it, you know, I think this is it's a solid beer. I'd give it a four out of five, maybe three seven five, something like that. So yeah, it's 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 solid. Worth worth the money, worth the drink. Yeah. What's it called? Late start? Late start. Late start brewery. Well, they do have a Twitter page, but they haven't been really uh on it since 2014. So we'll we'll give them a we'll yeah. give them a follow. Yeah, they uh 
they have that their breweries opening sometime this year in downtown Tampa. So fantastic. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say a Twitter account, I should say an X account. Oh, right. Is that, is that happening? Yes. X. Oh, it says it's X on there now. There's a big X. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. The icon is still the bird, but at least maybe or maybe I haven't got the update yet or something. Oh, no, the icon is no longer the bird, it's the X. Ah, I just mine hasn't been updated yet then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. missed the bird, I think. It's coming it's gonna come back. I think so. Trust me. Unfortunately, uh what's his nuts didn't take a look at who's got the uh, copyright for the letter X for electronics. That'd be Microsoft. So oh. yeah. So they're gonna be a, there's gonna be a battle, but mm. Dave, did you get a beer from Colorado? I did. Yeah, I had time. Um, yeah, fortunately, I, I had time. I, I I was traveling today out here from Minneapolis, of course, and uh, had to go into work for, for a few hours this afternoon, but uh, was able to get out of there on time, apparently, tonight. So I did have time to go to the local Maverick. I, I didn't have time to go to a nice, you know, local liquor store or anything like that. But I did go to the Maverick across the street from my hotel. So my selection was a little bit limited, to say the least. But uh, I did end up picking up a Colorado beer. And so uh, almost maybe closer to it's not anywhere near me. I ended up going with a beer from Telluride Brewing Company. So, I mean, that's actually closer to David's old neck of the woods. So Uh, it's a fantastic brewery. Had visited it a few times. Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, I mean, I have not been really anywhere near Telluride or that area of Colorado yet. So uh, I guess I got to add add that to my uh, list. But I've been to I've been skiing at Breckenridge and Keystone, but never never got down that far so yeah that's awesome that you've actually been to the brewery then so i don't know how long the beer that i got has been out but it's called the tempter ipa and it might be one of their flagships for all i know because it's uh again i didn't haven't been there didn't realize this but it's named after one of the most epic backcountry ski runs in the rockies there so it's a american india pale ale ipa and uh i don't know it's it's smooth like you said Dave, I've had plenty of these, especially recently, but uh, this one's good. It, it actually comes in at 70 IBU, so it's it's up there. But I think because of the maltiness character, it's not overwhelming. Um, as far as in its hoppiness, it's pretty smooth, pretty tasty. 6.4% um, Simcoe Amarillo hops. And uh, yeah, it's a smooth, fairly easy drinking beer considering it's uh, 6.4%. But yeah, I thought this was a cool brewery. So our cool beer from a cool brewery, apparently it is. That's good. Nice. Yeah, you know, I don't recall. I don't recall. It. I mean, it's been a long time because mm-hmm. it's obviously not distributed. I don't think it's distributed outside of Colorado. I don't think so. Um, I jumped. I jumped on their website, and basically, you and I'm, I'm looking at this beer, their beers that they make, and basically, there's a little uh, thing you can click on. It says "Find in Colorado," so I'm assuming you won't see much of it outside of the state. They had they had a beer uh, called. Bridal Vale Falls that I think they ended up discontinuing. Hmm. That was really good. Um, but they've had some solid, solid beers. I, w- I would get that. That was a uh, cream ale, I think. Um, and I remember getting a lot of that. I've got a hat actually floating around somewhere from them. Really? Um, yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely worth checking out if they're if you're ever in the Telluride area. It yeah, is tell you. way up in the mountains. Yeah, I'm just looking at a picture of it on their website, and yeah, it does look pretty spectacular. Obviously, settled right in there in the, in the Rocky Mountains, and then yeah, the brewery itself looks pretty cool and unique. So, wow. Well, great. We have uh, beers from three different uh, uh, states tonight, which is the first time in probably a long time we've had that, uh, which is awesome. Um, I think we've had some Colorado brews on the podcast before. Probably. Sure we have probably yeah. Yeah. yep so, yeah um sorry guys my dog is bothering me right now he's all grumpy about something so he's staring at me while i do my podcast which mondays is very... am i right yeah, <laughs> it's pretty much yeah yeah uh let's move on to the game against puebla which was last night eight o'clock start which i don't know what the fuck we're doing starting games at eight o'clock on a sunday freaking night but here yes. we are 
it is doing odd. It. You know, there was games that started earlier in the day in the League's yeah. Cup, and then you know this one's yeah. Central Time Zone for it to start at eight o'clock. It's a bit unusual yeah. on a Sunday, especially. But it doesn't doesn't make sense to me. But I this whole Apple thing has thrown off all the scheduling and all that shit. So, um, the lineup guys was exactly the same lineup we had last weekend, um, which was I guess not. I, I'm not surprised by that because we did tie LAFC. Uh, so, you know, why not go with the same lineup? The crazy thing was um, the Deuce played the same day. I believe they played yesterday. Earlier in the afternoon. Yeah. Early day. So there were a couple guys that were playing for the Deuce. Eway, Paddleford, and was it two other guys? At least who, two others. I think there might be could, five that are actually on the League's Cup roster. Yeah, who could not play for the loons last night because they had played for the deuce earlier in the day so there you go um yeah and i guess that's one of the things a lot of people were kind of waiting to see what would line up in the league's cup look like and clearly he he put out i'm assuming what he thought was the strongest lineup coming off of lafc's draw at home mm-hmm. i mean i think the only maybe disappointment was for individuals say like mickey tabius who i would mm-hmm. assume would have been motivated to play in this game but he's still at least a week out, it sounds like. And then, yeah. And same then we were kind of, yeah. same being well, injured too during practice. So yeah. apparently he picked it up because he wasn't on any of the reports or wasn't even mentioned on Friday. Apparently, with the Sunday match, he actually picked it, picked up the injury in training on Saturday. Yeah. So that was kind yep. of a yep. last, last minute deal. And then yep. Franco, Franco Pane, still dealing with his thigh, apparently. Apparently. According to most people, not. Not quotation. Well, air quotes. David says yeah. apparently. Yeah, yeah. Reminds well, we'll me see. of uh, who was the? Sorry to go off topic. Who, Chris Farley had that guy, Bennett Brower. Remember he did the Bennett Brower thing. He did the air quotes. Mm. So I don't <laughs> use soap when I take a shower. I yeah. don't, you know, <laughs> I do scare children. You know that whole thing. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Yeah. Good good Sorry. memory to remember his name. I mean, I remember the character clear as day and certainly don't think I could oh, yeah. have picked up his name. Yeah. Oh, God. Funny. I laughed my ass off during that. But anywho, uh, so lineup was the same. We're playing Puebla, which we don't really know anything really about. David, is that true? Like, you didn't know anything really about any of the players in their team, right? No, absolutely no. no. I mean, nobody played. No. I mean, there's no, like, scouting, like, hey, this guy is good. Really kind of up for grabs. No, um I- I just don't watch enough Liga MX. I mean, I think the only thing that we looked into, you know, prior to this one was they're um, they're kind of sitting second to from bottom in the, in in the league right. Liga MX right now. And Apertura, there's in the three games is the Apertura. Uh, there's no, they've only played three matches all on July first, seventh, and fifteenth prior to the game up here at Allianz, mm-hmm. but. They played some, so they two losses and a draw only have one point in their first three in league play. But I mean, they played some good teams. They played a Club America, uh, Santos, and Tigres. So I, I mean, I think those are pretty good teams. You know, if you look at the table, so yeah, yeah, it's hard to take too much out of it. But yeah, I, I don't, I just don't watch very much League MX at all. So yeah, kind of big. So League MX is not this one. League MX's season has just started, right? Correct. Yeah, it's weird. They so, played two. They yeah, they played, their first. They played, yeah. they played first two parts two of half. their season: at Clausura yeah. and Apertura. So, mm-hmm. and uh, this is the first, the the beginning of their first part of their season, right? Yeah, I guess it would be Apertura. Yeah, it's I, the Apertura. Apertura. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they really haven't played much. In the past couple of weeks, whereas MLS teams have played a whole bunch, so we're kind of, you know, I, I maybe that's a whole thing that happened last night too. I don't know. But. Yeah, you know, I I think it's you have to think that this was planned a bit by MLS, right? Because the yeah. the complaint is always in Champions League that MLS teams are at the be- very beginning of their season yeah. and. It, Liga MX teams are like in their season, they're fresh and they're ready to go. And now this time around for League's Cup, MLS is in their season, fresh, mm-hmm. ready to go. And now Liga MX is just starting and they they might be a bit rusty. I Yeah, um, I mean, I mm-hmm. would not be shocked if that played into this a bit. 
Yeah. And you saw that and last it, night. I, I think we did. And it's, it's just tough. It's not, it's hard to judge, you know, what the side could look like, would like, look like, will look like two months from now. And then the other, the other complaint that, you know, this, and I, Hey, I'm complaining. I complained when we first heard about the league's cup format, I was just, dis, I was disappointed, you know, that, you know, all the games are played in the United States. So basically for the entire length of the tournament, basically a month, and essentially it is a month, um, you know, the, the Liga MX teams are traveling on the road basically for that entire time. And, the, and they have, and they kind of, it has to be that way though. I mean, there's no, there's no way they would do this with the mm. stadiums in Mexico. I think, I really believe this guys, next time they do a league's cup, all the games will be in Mexico. Well, they're going to do it next year. Happen. I mean, yeah. it's going to be, and I think it's going to happen is all the games will be in Mexico. By next you year, think so? they'll, they'll switch it up. A... They, I mean, that would be to... logical, but would it, it would be, be logical? Do it. It's not rational, but it's logical. And I think that yeah. Liga Mexico say, "Hey, we played in all your stadiums this time. It's time to go to our stadiums next time, and get yeah. us the revenue for those stadiums, and make your guys be on the road for a month." You know, I mean, it makes sense because you can't do the logistics of travel. During this, especially with a country like the United States and Mexico, is just it doesn't happen. You know, right, people right. all say, "Well, they do, they do it in Europe." Well, look at Europe, dudes. I mean, come on, it's like an hour plane ride or whatever, a train ride. You know, yeah. we're not talking about you'd, that here. You'd you'd have to look into that. I mean, like, um, um, you know, the flights to and from Mexico, it's not a huge challenge, but yeah, then it would just mean a lot more travel for all the clubs mm-hmm. if you're kind of going back and forth. So yeah, I, I feel like it might make more sense to do neutral location and mm. throw it, you know, do like the MLS's back tournament, but put it in like well, you're not gonna do Arizona because that would be terrible. Yeah. Um, but put it in, you know, maybe Texas, mm-hmm. California, something like that, or just California. Right. Texas, I guess, is pretty hot in the summer, too. But like, yeah, you know, just doing um, neutral location, you know, Rose Bowl, um, where does, uh, uh, you know, USC Stadium, you know, yeah. Reliant or what's the what's the mm-hmm. new NFL stadium? Allegiant. Um, Allegiant. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just doing neutral locations and doing a round robin tournament. All in one location, keep them all, you know, in hotels around the area, and you know, because well, that way Mexico fans mm-hmm. have a really strong opportunity to get to the matches, and it's not just going to be, you know, Mexican fans in America seeing the games, right? They they could actually travel across the border, and and you know stay a few nights, stay a couple weeks, even if they have the means to do so. It just yeah. seems more or logistically sound. You could also do something like uh, something like you pick a certain amount of stadiums in the United States, a certain amount of stadiums in Mexico, and those are the stadiums you're using. You're, yeah. There's no home teams. There's no away teams. Those are what you kind of like the World Cup does. You're using those stadiums for the group stages, and then when it gets to the knockouts, you use one or two and whatever. And have them all right. together. Um, you can do that too. But of course, I'm not an owner. I'm not Don Garber. I do not see the money in this. I know this is a big money grab for MLS and uh, League MX. So, and Apple, TV. Do, guys. Apple TV. Yeah, and exactly Apple TV. right. Exactly right. So, I'm... they're going to do what they got to do. That, you, know? you know, speaking of Apple TV, I didn't realize until the tournament started um, on last Thursday as we recorded that they are showing some games on on apparently FS1. Um, yeah, yeah. In fact, Minnesota's game yesterday was was uh, on both FS1 and Apple TV Plus. So, just out of curiosity, which which uh, broadcast did you guys watch? It was Apple TV. Yeah, I, I clearly watched FS1. Okay, you clearly did. Yeah, huh? yeah. yeah. Good for you. I, I, obviously, I'm being sarcastic, and I yeah. watched. Yeah. I flipped over to, if I, I'm gonna I flipped over just to see um just to see what it was like um and I kind of switched back because like I said a podcast or two ago I'm pretty pretty impressed with Apple TV's coverage of the, the matches yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh 
let's get into the match, guys. Uh, I would say from the beginning of this match, we looked like the dominant team. Mm-hmm. Well, throughout this match, I think we were the dominant team, even when we get to the point where we were, you know, had some had an issue. But I don't, I didn't see any problems with this team during this whole match. I mean, am I, am I right to say that we just fucking there, there was some, team? there was some, there was some problems. Um, I, and maybe we can get to them, but I mean, there, there was some problems. Um, I, there was, I think, yeah, there was, there, there was a significant amount of turnovers because make no mistake, Pueblo had some chances even early. Um, the shot that kind of just yep. went, just went high. You know, if we're talking about it in general, you know, Dane didn't have to make four saves in this game. Some and a few of them were pretty darn good saves as well. Like we're, we're kind of you have been used to seeing. But yeah, so so I wouldn't say there was no problems, but certainly if you're talking about this match in 30 seconds. Yeah, Minnesota clearly dominated it from start to finish, more or less. Yeah, you know, I think um, I mean, I, I think I made a comment to you guys um, that I thought. Will Trap looked mm. awful, just awful, um, especially in the first half. Yes. Um, he had numerous giveaways. Um, and it, what really annoys me is MLS doesn't have pass percent stats for the match. So I, I mm. don't know if it's I if it's just like the eye test or if the stats actually back it up. I, I have no idea. I really felt like um, Will Trap's passing was very poor. Mm. I, I thought we did not hold possession well, um, but we took advantage of the moments that we we could, and that was the big key. Is you know I think we ended up with like thirty six percent possession, something like that. Um, <clears throat> basically, all the goal well. I think all the goals were against the run of play. Um, we we maintained very little possession, but did what we had to do. We executed when we got the possession that we got. And that's something we haven't seen from this team much at all. The mm-hmm. caveat being that I thought after re-watching most of the game this morning, mm-hmm. Pueblo looked atrocious in defense. So I don't really know how to read like like we just discussed earlier. I don't know how to read this game because I don't know what Pueblo is actually like. I just it's, don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's you're you nailed it on the head, David. So we can leave it there. But yeah, I mean, even on on Bongi's first goal, I mean, clearly Pueblo should have been better in defense. There it was just kind of a weak effort. And I think I guess the, if you're going to look spin it at positives, one you could say maybe they, Minnesota should add more goals. Oh, right. but two, at least, oh, yeah. at least, at least we're seeing, you know, we've been complaining most of the year now until very recently that, you know, the final, it's the final third, it's the final third, it's the finishing touches. And well, mm-hmm. guess what? We saw it happen four times last night. So that was a good thing. And, you know, Puki, right. In the first 20 seconds of this match, nearly, you know, I think that was a, another poor kind of defensive effort, or it was an mm-hmm. errant pass essentially mm-hmm. that, that Puki ended up being getting on, on that and nearly chipped the goalkeeper, and put it into the top netting, but that was quite close in the first 20 seconds. And maybe that kind of st- set the tone because the match kind of continued in that fashion where Minnesota was making the most of their opportunities. Yeah. So, yeah, we won't get into, we won't get into all the, every goal detail by detail, but the, the Bonky goal first at 24th minute, he, I don't know if he tripped and the defender saw the trip and went for the ball or what the hell happened with his defender that was on him, but he somehow got around the defender and uh got out wide and and took the shot and he had it and that was that was that and their defense looked very laxed on that play um yeah so. i thought uh frag their goalkeeper was i don't know what he was doing on that goal because there wasn't a ton of pace on that shot it was on the ground and for whatever reason he was completely ill prepared for it um but I mean, I, I don't want to take anything away from Bongi, of course. Um, I mean, it was a fantastic run, tons of pace. Mm-hmm. Um, he knew to take that extra touch when whatever that at whatever happened there with the nice. defender. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it was it was very good all around. Uh, it's just there was definitely a strange sort of 
laziness, I guess, in defense yeah. for Puebla. Um, so yeah. we get we get after that goal, guys, and we think, oh, this is great. You know, things are happening. And then we get to the 30th minute, and that's where we get the kind of the bad thing. That's the uh, boxy kidney punch mm. uh to yep. to a to a Pebla player. And uh they did go to VAR for it. They found out that yes, Boxy did punch him in the back yeah. and it, he was issued a red card. And it's interesting, yeah. This is when you're watching it live, not in the stadium, not on that end. Um, didn't even think anything of it, you know, yeah. didn't see it you know, from the angle they were showing on the broadcast. Um, the one thing I will say, though, I think it was in the first, like, six minutes of this match, if you guys were watching the broadcast, Boxy was v- animated early on in a bad way. And I think Apple TV announcers even made a comment that they thought maybe, oh, he's having fun out there talking to the players. No, no, no. He Bo- Boxy was, um, he was animated and agitated and irritated by a couple, at least one of the Pueblo players. So I... It's now in retrospect, looking back, I mean, I wonder if he's just kind of, you know, he had his Monday on a Sunday maybe, and just was in a, just a bad mood from the get go. That's what it looked like. Cause I think they showed him chirping, they showed replays and he was clearly agitated and angry. And obviously at that point we had no idea who knows what it was about, but we got, they got under his skin a bit. Uh, The lead up to this punch, clearly he's jockeying position with the other player. The other player does some grabbing. I heard today people come out and said, well, they grabbed his nutsack. I don't see that on the replay. I see kind of a, a glance from the s- player's arm down a little bit. From the replays I, I saw, it, yeah. it, you'd have to say it's inconclusive. Like, it yeah. could have been, but it, you can't verify, like, watching that that footage that right. that's what happened. So. And guess what? Guess what? Even if the guy touched your nutsack... You don't punch him in the kidneys, okay? He's definitely got his shorts. Yeah, he's definitely got his shorts. And then, yeah, there were some people calling it, you know, well, first of all, was it a soft punch? I mean, it wasn't a huge, hard blow. Oh, it was crazy soft, yeah. Yeah, it was crazy soft. So, therefore, yeah, I understand the people that are calling it a soft red card, very soft red card. But you can't escape the fact that it was a closed fist fist punch. 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 Yeah, I mean... I, I don't, I, yeah, I don't get it. Somebody responded to me on Twitter about that. And I said, it was soft, but it's, that is a red card all day long. It will be no matter what happened, what the outcome yep, by is. By definition. Yeah. yeah. Now, if he had slapped him on the back, probably wouldn't have been anything. Right. You're fine. Probably, yeah, probably if, not. He, if it slapped a little slap to the back to get around him a little bit, yep. no big deal. Right. But the, the ball, the fist guys, the ball, the fist is going to get you every damn time. Especially yeah. with VAR. And that somebody brought, gosh, I got to start writing these names down because I know maybe I will, but somebody brought up the fact that it was very similar to a red card that Hanu had. Um, oh, past, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was. Right, yeah. The, yeah. It was. Yeah. So that I thought that was a really good point that I completely forgot about. And I mean, that's why it's just, it's not like this was a fluke that they called it. They, they went to VR, they reviewed it. It was a, by definition, a red card, but the other, the other thing that I didn't realize before last night um, was that this was in boxy's, I think 17 year professional career, his first ever send off, at least by via, via red card. Mm-hmm. I did not realize that. Well, you know, it takes uh, a lot at least by, at least via straight red is yeah right. I, I think it takes a lot to get under Boxy's skin, and obviously mm-hmm. these guys got under his skin super early and and did that. So the deal is now, yeah. guys, we're down we're down a man. Ooh. We got sixty minutes left. I I was worried. I I, I said oh, I literally I literally said uh oh, yeah. and then it was you know like I said I mean clearly you're, you know we already said Minnesota is a stronger. Uh, stronger team throughout this match and that was true but Puebla after that red card did have some strong attacking possession it forced uh numerous corners had Mm -hmm. some shots and so at that point you're kind of I'm kind of like just it felt to me like it was going to be a matter of time before Puebla scored it or uh even the score line I was just hoping it wouldn't happen before halftime yeah they they didn't and that's the thing they didn't score before halftime which is good one and a half up one nil which is awesome. Uh, we come out of the half. They made some changes uh, to their. I don't. I don't even know these guys are attacking. Maybe I don't know. I don't. I'm not. I don't know their names. So they made some changes. They had a bunch of attempts out of the second half. Uh, 
that they missed on. Uh, I thought we were done. I seriously thought we were done. This is actually the part of the game where I fell asleep, guys. So I had to rewatch today. <laughs> I, um, I knew you. I knew but, you were going to at some point. Yeah. But... Yeah. Well, eight o'clock start, man. I got to work. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, and you so, start. You um, just said you start early. I, I was yeah. one thing I just wanted to say is is you you brought this changes that Pueblo made. Mm-hmm. I was genuinely pleasantly surprised that at, that Minnesota didn't make any changes either right after mm-hmm. the red at around the thirtieth minute or at halftime. Not you know I was kind of genuinely surprised they didn't bring in an extra defender. So well, and maybe maybe Heath is doing something different during his league cup. Maybe he's going like. He's off. He's off the off the book here. He's off of his old right. playbook. He's like, I'm going to do something different in the least cup. I'm going to let these guys try to score when things look like shit. And well, guess you know, what? yeah, it worked. And it, it's so Tony. For one, they brought in uh, their forward Velasco for a center back. So Puebla right. definitely tried to shift that to the offense. Um, mm-hmm. But so to your point about the uh, tactics of Minnesota, I think that one of the things people do often or managers do often in a red card scenario is they try to make adjustments. And sometimes I think it's better to just let them play that same same um, strategy midfield forward and force the defense to adjust. So you continue applying your attacking pressure and, and force the defense to absorb that one extra man. And I think that um, it will, obviously it worked. Um, I think Mm -hmm. that, but that's what, I think that's what he did. I think he was like, you know what, we're going to continue. We're going to hold this, which is actually in my opinion, very Heath because he was being stubborn enough to just maintain whatever strategy he had in the first half, even though the typical manager would would make adjustments to to try and shore up your one goal lead. And he went off the book and right. off the book right. what others would do. Yeah. And I wonder I wonder how much of this he read into the fact that goal differential might come into play in this group stage with only three teams. Two teams advancing. Is goal differential going to come into play? We need more goals. We don't just need to win. We need to win by X amount right. of goals to assure that we're going to move on to this the knockout phase. Well, I, I very, think. Very, sorry, Dave. I, I think no. he just realized the history we have with Chicago, and said, "There's a good chance we're going to lose that match. <laughs> so we got to get as many goals as we possibly can, because mm-hmm. we obviously have a terrible history with Chicago. So." We don't. Um, but no, Tony, I think you're right. Yeah. And then, I mean, I just wonder, I mean, there was, you know, uh, th- there was a bit of an onslaught, like I mentioned, from Puebla after the after the red card. But uh, Minnesota actually looked fairly strong, started to look strong at the end of the first half. You know, Reynoso nearly gets a chip of his own of the goalkeeper and hits mm-hmm. the crossbar. Uh, so close, true. but yeah. So true. maybe, maybe, yeah. Uh, maybe Heath had said had seen what he needed to see and said, "Hey, you know, we can continue this this attacking pressure, David, like he laid out." And so, but either way, he did. I don't think he made his first sub until what the sixtieth minute, something like that. But yeah, uh, I think that I think sounds it was pretty right. late. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah. Minnesota was looking strong early. Speaking of Ray, now we get into the Ray portion of this game because. As good as he looked in the first half, the second half was all Ray, 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 Ray. This pass he had oh, man. to Bongi, this cross to Bongi, perfectly laid out. Bongi with the perfect header. I mean, I'm sorry, guys. There, I can say a lot of things about Ray, and I've already said, you know, he's, he's a great player. But, God, his, his passes, his crosses, I just – he puts it where it needs to be to make a guy get a good shot on goal. And yeah, this is a perfect layout. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think what was really interesting about this play was he possibly had an open Pookie as well. But I think he had the foresight to go across to Bongi knowing that Pookie was making that run inside. 
and was probably going to leave Bongi relatively unmarked, which is what exact exactly what happened. Um, and it that that takes that takes some that takes some talent that, and in fact that takes that takes a player that we have not seen Ray be like this was a step up. In my mm-hmm. opinion, this play was a step up from what we have seen from Ray in the past. And in fact, um, Brian Krostad of Inside Minnesota Soccer, he brought up the fact that Ray looks completely different this year. Like the way he's come back to Minnesota, it looks like he wants to be here. It looks like he wants to give 100%. He mentioned how for the first time that he's real noticed – Ray did a, a walk around the stadium applauding the fans. He's never seen Ray do that before. Um, and I would imagine he brines at pretty much every match. So it, he's he was saying how this is just a completely different attitude from Ray since he's come back. And it, this goal, or assist, I should say, was was exactly that. This is a step up from what he's been. You know, I was saying a few weeks ago that I don't think Ray – I mean, Ray is very, very good, but I don't think he's that guy that can carry a team. But the Ray that suddenly appeared since I said that mm-hmm. is a different Ray than I'm recalling when I say that, when I when I said mm-hmm. that, because he just looks very different. Everything about what he does is like that notch higher, like – I didn't real like I don't think most people realized he had a next gear and he's somehow playing at that next gear. Um I mean, yeah, this this Tony, you nailed it. This was phenomenal from him to go across the box to and put it it's, right on Bongi's head. And it's interesting. Um, yeah, Bongi actually I didn't I shouldn't say start, but this it it just almost feels like you know, Minnesota was the man up at this point, not the other way around. I mean, this started mm-hmm. on a nice transition and Bongi actually got the ball out long way, got the ball out to uh, Reynoso before making the run in. And then how, I mean, obviously Puebla did a poor job in getting back, but then the space that long way was left with was just, I mean, it was, it was a three on four, but Puebla looked totally discombobulated. They, they were all over the place. I think they were worried about Ray. Ray. They had seen enough from Reynoso to think he's the danger he's going to be causing us the problems. Well, he certainly did on that play. And then, I mean, because the way he put it on Bongi's head, I mean, credit Bongi with a uh, the pace he put on his header, but, I mean, it was just a perfect header, no chance. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, we haven't really talked about Pookie in this game because Pookie really do a lot. He had some shots, could have had, he had some opportunities, whatever. But on that play, yeah. David, you are right. He was the dummy on that play to kind of get those defenders to go towards him and give Bongi the open shot, uh, that header. So, yeah. uh, yeah, I will say this. Ray has taken a step up since he came back. I don't know if it's personal. I don't know if he was in a bad spot and he come, he came back with like a fury, like I got to show everybody like that I'm better than what everybody says I am, you know, cause there was a lot, people were a lot down on, Ray when he was gone, right? There was a lot of downers. There were a lot of naysayers saying that, well, if he comes back, you know, what's he going to be? But he's come back with a fury. If he had been like this all year, guys, we'd be talking uh, MVP of this league, oh, I think, clear. Clear. at the end of the season. I, I, I think want, he would be. Clearly, I think clearly. he could still be in the discussion if he continues this. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, yeah, motivated is the word I use. And he seems ultra motivated, almost like because of what happened, you know, this season with him not being here, he wants to come back and do what he's doing. And and yeah. what's really interesting is I think even recently this past Friday, you know, after training, I think he's still talking and maybe he's just doing this to be coy. But I mean, he still talks about Ray as, as though he's not completely match fit. Um, right. And so does he? I, it's hard to see how he could get any better from this point on, but clearly he's played. He's got ninety for this team, I believe. And uh, in it's just if he, if there's any more left in the tank, it, uh, it's pretty special, pretty special season. But yeah, you know we 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 see players build off their own confidence, so hopefully we'll continue to see it. Well, let's let's talk more Ray. 
because in the 59th minute, Ray gets a goal on the breakaway from Bonky with the interception. Bonky down the side comes in. Ray makes a great play in the center, the center of the box. Bonky gets it to him. Ray chips it. Game over. Goal for Ray. I mean, this is after this goal, guys. This morning when I was rewatching this game, I'm like, well, this is what the goal that put this game away. Really, this is the goal that said, hey. I don't give a shit if we're a man down. We're going to fucking beat this damn team. So this was it right here. Well, you know, and this is another one of those. Again, I'm not trying to take anything away from anybody, but this is another one of those goals where Pueblo's defense was mm. just shockingly Horrendous. bad. Horrendous. Because yeah. the, you know, where you pick up um, Bongi's interception, you know what? It's probably 40 yards from our mm-hmm. goal. Our goal probably there are one two three four five five defenders that are between midfield and their own goal right in their own half there are five defenders and by the time bongi makes his pass all but one of them are behind the ball at this point like they're trailing the entire play. How is that even possible? I mean, they completely just jogged their way out of possession or, or out of the ability to defend. Yeah, I, I would say, I, I would say, you know, I, it would be easy to say, oh, okay, well, you know, the old two goal lead. We've talked about it before too much, so you know. But the fact is, you know, Pueblo was making these transition mistakes earlier in the game as well. I mean, maybe yeah. it was that first goal by Bongi that kind of just set the tone and they got deflated maybe with the way their current season is going in the MX or something. But yeah, this started early, this trend. I mean, I know, yeah, it wasn't long after the goal that even, you know, Puki had another breakaway, another, another really solid chance. I think he was maybe surprised by the goalkeeper's action, stayed big, he blocked his kind of chip shot thought the goalkeeper would go low, but yeah, bottom line, it was re- Minnesota's attack was relentless. I mean, it was the floodgates were open. It was looking like this game deal six, seven, nothing pretty, pretty easily, but yeah. Yep. Um, so <laughs> to finish off, of course we had some Pookie came off. Kalman uh, came in for Dotson. There's some you know changes, but this goal, this final goal by Ray, this is why he is the most dangerous free kicker right outside the box where he had this free kick was perfect for him because this was just magic. Like this was top corner, his left footed shot. Just, it just, it looks so good. Now was, was the goalie for Pueblo like not in the right position? Probably not. No, if he if he if he watched tape of Ray, he would know that Ray's gonna try to take this shot nine times out of ten by himself. He's not yeah. going for you know a, it, going for a header here. He's going for it by himself. It, it was yeah. yeah, and and maybe that may I, I, that's the only thing I can say. Looking at it is just again and again is is maybe Pueblo wasn't wasn't thinking he could do it. But yeah, they they left one man marking. Um, I mean to be fair, I, I guess I'd say it was. Like you, you, it was a beautiful, beautiful free kick, just unbelievable, you know. And it's funny we had, of course, Messi on Friday night, you know, in the game, right. <laughs> Ooh, spectacular. I don't know him on Messi. Yeah, uh, another Argentine. I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, don't know. Fairly, fairly popular, Sorry. but Sorry. plays for plays for Miami. He he had a you know at the death free free kick winner, um, and you could definitely make the case that this is was just as impressive. Although to be fair, Messi did go, had to go up and over a significant wall and put in, he put that ball in almost an unsavable place. Cause, because yeah, Tony, what you're alluding to is I, could the goalkeeper have saved that maybe with better position? Yeah. I think he could have saved it still yeah. a spectacular <laughs> kick and placement by, by Reynoso though. But it was just kind of like the, I mean, that's when you start thinking, well, what's the final of this one going to be? Because you know, it's 65th minute, but that's, it That's was it. just thrilling, thrilling, exciting to watch. Yeah. So, guys, I know we had some other things going on this game, but let's get out of it because I know Dave, you get a hard out. But um, so you win. I bought myself a few more minutes, so or right. fifteen minutes. I don't, so no All hurry. Right. But well, we win this game four 0 guys, which is a great showing. Uh, we now play Chicago on Thursday at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're pretty 
pretty well set up to go into the knockout stage of this tournament. Yeah. I, I um, ran, I ran, you know, the scenario down. I'm going to do it real quick. So, I mean, you think about it this way. Let's say the worst happens and Minnesota loses to Chicago. You know, that's three points for Chicago, three points for Minnesota. And then let's just hypothetic. If, if Chicago then beats Puebla on Sunday, Chicago would go through as, as the group winner. Minnesota would go through with three points in, in second yeah. place. But it gets it does get interesting if if say Chicago does beat Minnesota and then Puebla somehow beats Chicago on Monday, I believe the 31st, then each team would have three points. As far as I can tell, it comes down to the tiebreaker scenarios in the League's Cup and which are, you know, head to head. But if you have three teams with three, you know, each with one victory, you can't really do that head to head. So then it falls to goal differential and followed by goals for so Minnesota here with a four gold a positive four goal differential is really sitting in a good spot i think they're clearly pole position obviously with the win but even even with a loss on on thursday they're still going to be in pretty good shape so yeah that that's certainly certainly good news because i you know i think i might have i predicted a win versus pueblo without knowing a whole lot about pueblo but the way they did it down a man for 60 minutes and then to score four goals nearly of course allowed one but it was overturned because of Let's talk about Chicago, guys. Let's make some predictions. Um, I'll go first. I think that uh, we, well, Chicago's here at home. So uh, I think we're going to beat Chicago 2 0 on Thursday. Uh, David, what do you think? Um, 2 1 Minnesota. 2 1 Minnesota. All right. Dave? I was waffling between two one and three one. I'm going to go three one. Keep keep this rolling. Um, you know we might this. They threw out a strong squad starting eleven on Sunday night. They might even be able to put out a stronger starting eleven if Franco can get back. Maybe Tapias is back. Uh, we'll see how they handle that. But you know, yeah, Chicago. You guys alluded to it. Maybe we haven't had the best history, but that that match is here in Allianz, and so we'll go three one. To right. cool beans. win win the group, what is it? Central Central Group Number Two or something? But yeah, Probably I mean, certainly without seeing how the rest of the games are gonna in the group stage are gonna fall, you all you would think you'd want to win your group if you can. So, well, great. We uh, we'll look forward to that match. Um, we could go on for another 15, 20 minutes about Ray, uh, but we won't because I think everybody knows Ray is fantastic. Um. We're out of here, guys. Where Dave has to get out of here. We just one funny, quick, funny story to talk about, and that is uh, it has to do with an otter down in Santa Cruz who's been hassling surfers and stealing their boards. Uh, an aggressive sea otter in California is hassling locals by riding boards she stole from surfers in the lineup. Uh, Steamer Lane is legendary point. A five-year-old sea otter. A uh, five-year-old female sea otter with growing reputation for repeatedly confronting surfers and kayakers. Videos show the otter hoisting itself out of the ocean and onto boards while surfers sit back in awe. At times, she's chewed on the boards or forced surfers to surrender their boards altogether. Onlookers of videos can be heard laughing, but officials with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service say that otter poses a public safety risk. There have been no reports of injury due to the highly unusual behavior of the otter. Kayakers, surfers, and other rec uh, recreating in the area should not approach the otter or encourage the otter's interactions. So don't, don't, don't tell the otter it's doing the great thing. Mm -hmm. um, there's been uh, photos of the otter like jumping on people's boards, uh, basically trying to go after people's boards. Uh, they say the otter's behavior is concerning and unusual. And though the exact cause is unknown, officials said it could be associated with hormonal surges or being fed by humans. Um, this otter actually is named officially known as Otter 841. Doesn't have a name, hmm. was born in cap captivity because its mother had also been too friendly with humans. So, obviously, this otter is like going off what, what the mother was, mm -hmm. you know, cool, cool mm -hmm. with humans, whatever. And it was success successfully released into the wild in June of 2020, uh, when she started exhibiting her bizarre, bizarre behavior. Uh, they're trying to uh, drive the animal out of the area with a process called hazing, deterring it from interacting with people. 
but she's no longer afraid of humans. Her most recent interactions show. Uh, they don't know if they're going to try to recapture her. They're going to let her do what she wants to do. But uh, now they're saying that if they catch her, she'll be taken to the aquarium for an exam before I moved into her forever home at an USFWS approved location. Like her mother before her, Otter 841 has been deemed as unreleasable. So uh, I just think it's funny. I've seen some pictures and some videos. This Otter just getting up on people's boards like, I don't give a shit. You know, I want to ride. I want to chew on your board. I don't care. You know, I mean, I don't, I mean, I guess I understand where the fish and wildlife service is coming from. It's like, it could be dangerous because the otter could like attack you, but obviously she doesn't give a shit. So I don't yeah, know, I, you know, you know, I, I think, yeah, I, I feel like this is a situation where, and I realize I'm saying this out of complete ignorance. Um, this is a situation where just leave well enough alone. I mean, clearly she's she's not trying to hurt anyone, right? I mean, she's trying to hurt their boards. <laughs> but, I mean, she's not trying to hurt any human. So, yeah. shit, just let her do what she's doing. And, yeah. I mean, you know, I would well, say one thing, you know, make sure that surfers and, and swimmers and boaters, whoever else, aren't feeding her right like you don't want her to yeah, become yeah. dependent on humans mm, yeah, but if exactly she's right. gonna have friendly interactions with a human who who gives a shit i, I mean that's kind of like uh, that's kind of like a, uh down here you can be out on the beaches uh, especially fort myers beach um you can come across stingrays that are incredibly friendly they'll just swim right alongside you and they'll go along I mean, I had one rub up against my leg. I don't care. I mean, if you're if you're being respectful to them, I mean, obviously, if you reach down and punch them, they might sting you. But um, yeah. you know, it's like just just leave her be. I feel like they're just getting a little bit too concerned. Yeah. Well, and these these uh, these uh, southern sea otters were believed to be extinct. Until a family of 50 was found in Big Sur in 1938. Since being labeled as endangered species, they have bounced back from near extinction. So maybe they're trying to be like, okay, well, we don't want them like becoming yeah, yeah. cool with humans or whatever. But then again, I don't see the problem. But I guess on the flip side, I could say what happens if she like bit a kid or something like that. You know, what if she right, like sure. did something aggressive? And I get that, but they're having a good time out there. She hasn't been aggressive with anybody, just taking their boards, man. I mean. What's wrong with that? Yeah. She's being a bully. She's being a bully. That's all she's doing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, she's not like that. Uh, there's that story of that orca, right? That's starting to attack boats. Yeah, like it's oh, not. Yeah, yeah. it's not that yeah. situation. No, no. <laughs> I mean, oh, good God, no. Just that's, have a little fun. that's a little different. Yeah, that's a little, uh, yeah, yeah. little fun. You know, we we have you to know, live next to wildlife. Yeah, I I even think I've heard stories down here about you know people being out. Like they'll they'll be boating and you've got a lot of sandbars that you can get out from your boat and it's like four or five feet of water or less and then dolphins will come right up to you mm-hmm. and it, people have been able to like pet dolphins. Mm-hmm. I mean they're they're wild animals, but if they're not doing anything, yeah, like deadly or even remotely dangerous, who cares? I got a bunch of rabbits in my yard. Do you think I go out there and like kick them out of my yard? I'm like, no, do what you got to do. Right. You know, who gives a shit? Now, the squirrels, on their hand, the squirrels were taken away because they destroyed my deck. Mm-hmm. And my wife, my wife hated them. So they were taken away. Um, they still do aggressively go by my deck and stare a little bit like, oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, assholes, you know. Yeah. I, I know How did the squirrels get taken away? We had a squirrel guy. Uh, uh-huh. He's a wildlife guy. Hmm. He takes them and relocates them down to Bloomington so it can be somebody else's problem, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, <Huh>. You know. <laughs> I guess if you release yeah. them too close, they find their way back. I sure. guess so. You have to take them pretty far. Uh, well, so yeah, what does there's... he do? Does he does he go find houses with other wooden decks? It's like, oh, that they'll <laughs> like <much>. this place. <laughs> yes, it's free. It's free business for him because he gets those people to call him later. You know, to get them to hey, where are these squirrels? Just a cycle. He's a yeah. couple yeah. years. A couple years. Yeah. They're going to take them back from Bloomington yeah. to up up to your place. Don't yeah, yeah. It's but it's weird. Like when we took all our wooden stuff down, he was very against that. He's like, you shouldn't take this wooden stuff down. You know, that's it looks very nice. You know, let it happen. 
you know, but now we realize that, you know, they don't come on our deck anymore because we have nothing wooden for them to get into anymore anyways. So, right. yeah. So that's your funny wildlife story for tonight. Uh, guys, anything to say before we get out of here? I know Dave, you're going out to dinner with a friend I out there. Where you, guys, where you guys, where you guys going to chill? You go to Chili's? I have no, there's no Chili's in, in, uh, Fort Morgan, Texas, Colorado. Texas, so I, Texas, really? Texas Roadhouse, Texas Roadhouse. I, I, there's not one of those either. It, oh, it's it's, it's not a small town, but there's not a lot of uh, restaurant. I mean, I guess I don't know. Oh. I, I I've been here. You're going to Chipotle, are you? Well, I'll let you know on the next next week's pod. Hey. But uh, right. who knows? I'll I'll know in in ten minutes or so. But I, yeah, no idea. Mm-hmm. I've been to, I've been to Fort Morgan before, but gosh, it's been like sixteen years or something like that. So you I know, don't. Fort Morgan, that's right on the interstate, right? It is, it is right on the interstate. Yeah, okay. I, I was yeah, like, every, you said it you said it like three times now, and I was like, yeah. I'm, I've heard of that place. And yeah, because I've driven through it. Like you, would have dri- you would have driven right by it. You might have stopped for gas yeah. or something like that. So. Yeah. yeah. So Dave, Actually, I feel fun. like there's a, there's a, like a steakhouse or something there. Well, right there on could the interstate, be. I think. There, there could be. I don't know. So I'm hoping my coworker knows a little more about this town than I do. He is from Colorado, but he's he's two hours away. So I don't know if he does. So we'll find out. Well, it's not if it's not the Texas Roadhouse, Dave's not going anyway. It's not right, going to be the Texas Roadhouse, and it's not going to be Chili's. I can to... tell you that. So oh, I think there's a few Mexican mm. restaurants in, in the town. Well, That's yeah, all I know. sure, sure. You gonna have some uh, Rocky Mountain oysters? Mm, no, no. Okay, <laughs> we'll right. see. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. All right, so Dave, you have fun on Colorado this week. I'll do my uh, best. Enjoy your work. work. I'll work probably, yeah. but uh, right. other All than right. the podcast, I'm glad I could uh, break away from work and get on the podcast here tonight. That was awesome. Of course, man. Of course. Uh, not like you're in China or anything like that. So that's true. So anything else you guys want to talk about before we get out of here? I think we covered it. What we uh, need to. Let's go, Lins. Let's keep this Lee's Cup roll going. Other than Barca Miami hire, uh, signing another player, I mean, oh, um, did did uh, did uh, Connor? I think texted us while we were recording. Yeah. I did. I haven't met Sergio yeah. Ramos, was it? I yeah. yeah. So it yeah. sounds like so. And yeah. people are asking the question like, how can they sign all these players? Like, what's the money situation? And we'll find out, I guess. But it, it is odd, and it's MLS. It's it's a, it's very difficult to to. It's not you know it's not black and white. It's very. It's very tricky. Other than it's kind of like you got you got three DPs, you can spend any amount of money essentially on those three. But then after that, there is a salary cap, you know. And yeah. it's kind of like it's kind of like the mafia where they kind of move their money around. It's like all oh, like, hey, it's not here, it's over here. It's like all that shit. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. I mean, you would think MLS would be all over this. Of course, they know. I don't without going off a tangent too long of a tangent. I mean. MLS, this is good for MLS, obviously, what's going down is, on yeah. down in Miami. It's yeah. massive for, for everybody. Yeah. But yeah. didn't Miami run didn't they have some issues uh, just a year or two ago with, with DPs and or salary cap related issues? They I might thought have. they did. I might they might have. Like I said, I know if you Atlanta, don't off the top of your head, but I, I could have sworn. Yeah. And I and I could I think be they wrong. did. I, I know Atlanta too, but I know Atlanta did. I know they had some issues with their shit. And yeah, that's um, why I don't want to get too into details because I might be mixing those teams up, but pretty wild. I think, Atlanta, I think yeah. Atlanta brought it. Didn't Atlanta try to bring a DP to be like a on their second team or something like that? It was some fucked up shit. Atlanta tried to do something stupid. And and maybe um, that's what I'm I'm confusing that yeah. what I'm thinking with. Yeah. But, uh, no, I think you're right. I think the signing of Pizarro might have had some mm-hmm. weird mm-hmm. something up with it. Like they had mm-hmm too many dps already or sure i don't know there i i think you're right dave i think there was yeah. something up with one of their signings well miami well, plays atlanta tomorrow night in in, in, well, Cup, so. in atlanta is they're playing in atlanta right no they're playing in miami for this oh one. miami okay good 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 because i know they have, big, to. they have to yeah that's right there's a big kerfuffle now that uh yeah. you know he won't play on the Astro turf. Well, well that's not the is. reason they're playing in Miami. They're not c- catering yeah. to 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 mess up. Later on in the season, that yeah. news has gotten overseas. Though I've seen a few articles from Europe mm-hmm. talking about how MLS has got to figure out how to handle. I mean, I don't blame him. No athlete should want to play on that stuff. 
I wouldn't want to either. But again, we'll see how much how much these teams decide if it's worth it to do it or not and see what their ticket sales are. You know? Right. I mean, you can go see a Miami game with no uh with no Messi. I'm no. not gonna buy a ticket to that. Sorry. Just not gonna do it. I mean, I'm not gonna buy well, a ticket with him well, because the, I can't afford the, it. Yeah. The problem oh, is yeah, the tickets true. most of those tickets have already <laughs> been sold, I would imagine, for those you know, MLS, you know, regular season matchup. I mean, I, I would imagine That's most right. of those tickets have been sold. People mm-hmm. have already bought the tickets probably for a hundred, we know hundreds, maybe thousands. So mm-hmm. yeah. It's I had a ticket rep because I had a ticket rep call me last week. Cool. See so, if I wanted season tickets. Miami? Yeah. Wow. Hey now. I uh, I didn't take his call because it was a weird number, and then I heard the voicemail, and I was like, "Well, <laughs> they're they're gonna say, yeah, we can give you tickets, but it's uh, outside the stadium. You'll watch on a big screen outside <laughs> right, the stadium. Yeah. It's about it. Yeah, you'll be the atmosphere will be there, but you won't be able to watch it in person. Right. But yeah, maybe much. maybe I'll see Kim K from a long far off distance. Exactly right. Exactly right. All right, boys, let's get the hell out of here. So for myself, yeah. Tony. For Dave and David, we'll talk to you guys next week. Go Loons. Go Loons.